This is the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nick, and welcome. Dearest listeners, I'm here to ask for your support, not your financial support. It would be great if you could donate. It would help support the Trivium Dad podcast and Upward Enrichment Service. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then leave a review because it will help other people find the show. And two, tell a friend about the show. Or better yet, tell a whole bunch of friends. Thank you. This program may contain strong languages and topics that might not be suitable for all listeners. I have a good feeling tonight. I feel like this is going to be a great show. I'm talking about middle school admissions and interviews. And I think this is going to be a topic that my audience would like to know a little bit about. As uh, the interviews, the the middle school admissions process is coming up very shortly. And in New York City, getting into a competitive middle school is harder than getting into Harvard. If you live in Great Neck and Hassett or Roslyn, where you're probably paying close to $25,000 a year and you have great access to middle schools. It is very difficult to navigate in New York City the middle school admissions process as it lacks transparency and it is purposefully designed to be confusing so it restricts the amount of applications received to those middle schools. Middle schools like Mark Twain, the Anderson School, New Exploration in Science, Technology and Math, Scholars Academy, the Queens College School, Brooklyn School of Inquiry, Columbia Secondary, and Eastside Middle School are just some of the schools that are exclusive. In New York City, our middle schools serve over 200,000 students, 18% of which attend academically screened schools where admissions is based on students' grades, test scores, attendance, an exam, that's the state exams, the fourth grade exams, or a combination of admissions interviews and other factors that the admissions uh, committee may be looking for. And the advantage of attending a screen school is the average size of the school, which tends to be much smaller in comparison to unscreened schools. Second is the academic quality and higher level curriculum. So in essence, they have world languages, theater, art, humanities, economics and personal finances, and science classes. Third, there's just more options for extracurricular activities. Activities like band or outdoor activities, culinary arts, choir, robotics, computer science, chess, 
or they even have like academic competitions like Jeopardy, could be Mad Jeopardy, things like that. And they also have access to learning labs. I remember taking my son to uh, Stuyvesant High School in the city. We were just looking around. And as we were walking through the building, one of the places they took us was to this 3D print lab. And they must have had, I would say, it was state of the art. The equipment in there must have been close to 100000 probably even more than that. These schools have larger budgets. And they have a staff of exceptional principals, assistant principals, teachers, uh, teachers' assistants. Students go through a pre and post test to gauge their learning. And as a result, student performance on standardized tests and grades are statistically higher compared to students attending unscreened schools. An unscreened school is just anybody could get in based on where you live at. You are in that district. A district is just a boundary and you fall within the boundary. And Whatever schools are in that district, you are eligible for it. So you could easily go there. So where you live matters, especially for middle school. New York City is divided into 32 community school districts with the exception of students in citywide gifted programs and a handful of other schools. Most children are assigned to middle schools in the districts in which they live. The racial composition of the city middle schools mirror to a large extent, the racial makeup of its school districts. However, there are districts in Brooklyn and in Manhattan where there is racial diversity. However, those screen schools are predominantly white and Asian. It's really how you know how to navigate through the middle school admissions process. You need to, you need to understand what the process is in the first place and how do you prepare for it and what type of research do you need to do? Do you have the money to pay for tutoring? after school programming, give your child exposure. So if that's traveling to different states or countries, it's making sure that you have all the advantage. The ball is in your court and you're just dominating. And that's what it is. In in New York City, our middle schools serve over 200,000 students in which 75% of those students live in poverty. One in five of those students are going through hunger. They live in neighborhoods in which it's situated. It's not going to be in their best interest. We, you guys know what I'm talking about. And how do we help even the playing field? How do we make it? so that there is uh, a better opportunity for children. Class segregation remains a major source of educational inequality. But this is because class segregation almost always concentrates black and Hispanic students in high poverty schools. This segregation correlates with the achievement gaps. 
If you fall on the bottom of the income distribution, the boundaries are drawn to keep you in the neighborhoods where you have limited access to resources and limits your upward mobility. So you're pretty much just set up from day one based on where, how you was born, who, who were your parents, what neighborhood do you live in, and you got to play those cards that you were dealt. It's not fair. We know it's not fair, but we got to figure out ways in which we can give our children the best opportunity possible, even though the game is rigged, even though everybody's setting it up a certain way, it becomes a cycle. This is a cycle for generational wealth. We need to break it. But the way we could do it is to come together. And if we can share our knowledge, if we could share our insights, if we could stop isolating ourselves and communicate, because people in your community we all know something <laughs> and we, we need to come together to help solve this predominant issue. And that's why I'm doing this podcast because I want to, I want to do my best to just expose what is happening. And you probably know what's happening, but I want to reaffirm that, but I want to, I want to give you the rules of the game. Now, this is like a hot button topic because you have the argument of merit versus access. So you're a parent and your child is performing. They got strong grades. Their test scores are through the roof. And the parents, they're saying their child deserves that opportunity to attend that screen school. The school with the many advantages. So you got the merit argument. Other side of the coin is access. Access is restricted as you had all the resources to position your child in the best possible situation. So the access argument is we just want a fair game. We just want a fair opportunity. Why are all the schools in my neighborhood suck? But then I go into lower Manhattan or downtown Brooklyn and those schools are great. Why can't my child be in one of those schools? Why are the good schools in the rich neighborhoods? Why are the schools in the bad neighborhoods the way they are? That's really the larger issue. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. I don't think there are any, there's anybody in a position to figure that out. Because if there was, it would have been done. We just got to work with what we have. Let me give you an example. I'm from Queens. There's a school called Lewis Armstrong Middle School in East Helmhurst. It was founded in 1979 as a court-ordered experiment in racial Integration, embodying the philosophies that childs learn best when they have classmates from different ethnic groups. 
neighborhoods, and academic abilities. And Queens is, you know, when it comes to our county, we're one of the most diverse county in the whole United States. So we have different ethnicities. Uh, we we're pretty much uh, United Nations. You you're gonna meet so many different people from so many different cultures. And personally, for me, I love it because you're always learning something new, and you're always meeting people. And you know, it's it it makes you a better person. You know, when it comes to children are admitted from across the borough according to a, a lottery based on neighborhood, race, and academic ability. The formula does a good job in making sure the school has a mix of strong students. You know, so if it's a student that excels in school, there's a student that's average, it doesn't look at that. It looks at disabilities. So it gives you a nice mix of a student population. Pretty much what life is, right? But because some of these seats are set aside for students who live in District 24 and 30, which are heavily Hispanic and have few black children, black students are underrepresented at these schools compared to the numbers in Queens as a whole. It's a conspicuous irony (laughs) in a school honoring the memory of a celebrated black musical artist, one that reflects the demographic change in an area that was a significantly black middle-class neighborhood where Armstrong lived there and retained somewhat of that character when the school was born. The last year, Louis Armstrong's student population was 50% Hispanic, 27% 27% white, 14% Asian, and you ready for this? 8% black. When I give that case study, when we look at this particular school, it is it is a microcosm of what is happening in the New York City middle schools. It's just cutthroat. It is just set up for rich people to benefit because if their children doesn't get into the New York City screened middle school, then they would have to pay tuition for Catholic school or elite uh, independent schools like Dalton or Avenues. Trinity, it's a way to save money. So guess what? They don't have to pay the $50,000 a year tuition when your tax dollars could entitle their kids to go to school for free. Who's winning? So they could save that money for college or put it in a trust fund. Or, you know, maybe they want to buy a new BMW. (laughs) While your kid is going to a subpar school, we just need to know the rules of the game. And the one way we do that is through understanding the terminology. 
And what we need to do is understand the terminology. What is a screen school? These middle schools admit students based on their grades, test scores, attendance, state exams, and an interview, or some combination of these factors. Also, in these groups are schools that require auditions and for artistic talents like LaGuardia High School. Then you have the unscreened schools. These schools have no admissions requirements. It's pretty much where you live and you're entitled to go to those schools. So regardless of if you put them down on the application or not, you're, you're eligible for those schools. The last one is the lottery, in which some schools you, you put your name in, you fill out a form, and by the luck of the draw, you know, you get accepted into the schools. So here is what you need to do. You need to prepare early. You need to research, apply, and then if there's an interview process, prepare for that interview. And I'm going to go through each of those steps. So prepare early. You don't have to be rich to invest in your children. The years leading up to middle school, when they are born to the age of five, make sure you're reading to them every night. You go to the library and get books, take it home. You know, if they're watching TV, you say from 7 to 7.30 in the night, I just want to read to you. Or perhaps it's a bedtime story. And you make sure that you are doing it every day. By reading to your child, you're going to increase their vocabulary. You're helping their brain grow. And you're helping them understand language and communication. But you're also developing a bond with your child. You're showing them that you love them. You're showing them how much you care for them. It has so much benefit. So the first thing you should be doing is reading to your children every night. I remember as a child, not sure who got me this toy, but it was an abacus. And what an abacus is, it is a bunch of beads, 10 beads on a row, with 10 rows and it equals 100. And you can move those beads, you can play with them. The beads are usually color coordinated to the row. And it teaches you math. So perhaps I would recommend I learned math from the abacus is perhaps buy one. Go on Amazon or see wherever you could get one. I'm pretty sure they're inexpensive and give it to your child. Also invest time in going to the museums, taking your kids to the zoo and the aquarium, because what they are seeing, what they're Noticing as they're walking around, it will help them when it comes to relating what they're learning in school, uh, seeing different artifacts, art, exhibits, 
in which it forces them to think like, wow, I've never seen that before. What is it? Let me go read the plaque that's next to the exhibit. Also look into a Head Start program. Head Start programs offer full day, year round care for families. The programs are eight hours a day and are open during the school year and summer. Head Start programs offer safe, positive learning environments for children ages three to four to learn to play, to learn to build skills, and to get them ready for kindergarten and beyond. I definitely love the Head Start program. I've seen it firsthand. It teaches them even stuff like etiquette, and it teaches them you know, how they should be eating at a dinner table, what utensils to use. It's, it's a great program. You don't have to pay for it. So let's say if we do the math from age three to four. So that's two years. You're in the Head Start program. That's two years that you're saving from paying for daycare. That money you could use to it becomes now an opportunity to look at what you could use that money for. And then sit down and help your child with their homework. Be actively involved and keep in communications with your child's teacher. You'll be surprised that building a relationship with the teachers, principals, assistant principals will give you insight on your child's academic performance. Here's a trick I learned from seeing this when my kids were in school. I, if you want the inside information of what's happening in the schools, you know what you should do? And that's if time, if you have the time to do it, you should make the time to do it. You should volunteer to be a part of the Parent Teacher Association. Those are invaluable opportunities in which you're building relationships and you're attending meetings behind the scenes. And because you're doing that, you're going to look highly favorable in the eyes of many people in the school. They're going to be looking out for your kid. So they're going to know you. They're going to know your child. And they're going to be telling you all the little nuances, all of the little things that could help give a heads up, you know, give your child a competitive edge. Join enrichment programs like music, art, that's the mommy and me classes, swim programs, you know, look for science opportunities, tutoring, martial arts, dancing, You know, what is available? When I was a kid, there was a park maybe a couple blocks away and they had this little league program. And it was like $25 at the time that we got our uniforms and we were playing for three months. So enrichment programs, they are not as expensive as you think they are. And you have a lot of great people in your community. A lot of great people that come from your community that are opening up these programs. They're making a living for themselves, but they're great people and they want to help you. 
So don't be afraid. You may see, you may have checked out their website. You may have had a flyer that, you know, shows the cost of the program. But go in and talk to them. You'll be surprised. They could probably work something out if you just have a conversation, if it's a financial issue. Because guess what? They want to help you. They want to help your child. They want to see people in their community make it. And don't ever miss if your child has a school performance or they're participating in any type of shows in the school. You do your best to go because if you don't think your child is looking out in the crowd to see if their parents are not there, you're sadly mistaken. So you make sure you had a tough day. You don't really feel like going. You know you're going to be bored. That's tough. Get get there. Make sure you buy the ticket. Make sure you sit there. Get off your phone and pay attention to your child because it's good. It, it it's a psychological thing for your kid. So make sure you do that. Don't be sleeping and they're seeing that you're sleeping. Pay attention. This is tough, but make sure you cook nutritious meals, that you're buying fruits, that you're giving them vegetables, that you're making sure that they drink water and not soda because soda has a lot of sugar in it. Try not to depend on fast food options. I know that's tough because everybody's on the move. You know, everything's crazy and everybody's so active. Try to watch it if you can. I try to like, you know, have, uh, you know, food that's in Tupperware. So if you cook, you could cook for two to three days and the food is set aside. It could be pasta, you know, rice, uh, whatever you, whatever you, whatever you eat. The recipes don't have to be complicated. It would take probably maybe two to three times a week. You could even get away with two, two times a week. And just make sure you have the food in the fridge. And try not to buy all the sugary cereals and snacks. You need some of it. You need the right balance, but just monitor that because you don't want your child to be overweight. Because if they're overweight, you know, that affects with their mind, their their psychological well-being. And they become conscious of that. So just make sure that you're keeping your kid active, that you're making sure you're giving them the right foods and make sure they have the right sleep patterns, that they're not going to sleep at various times that you you, you said, hey, you're going to bed at nine o'clock every night. You make sure they go to bed nine o'clock every night. And make sure that they brush their teeth before they go to bed and floss. Set those good habits. Set them early. Because if you set them early, you won't have to worry about it. It just becomes a routine. Look at summer camps. There are summer camps that are free and affordable. Look at what your options are based on your budget. So that you don't have that summer decline. You could also buy activity books 
to help your child prepare for the upcoming grade. I usually just pick those books up at Costco. I try to sit down maybe once a day to just do a page with my kid. And if I can't do it, I have family members. I have a, I have a network of family that will make sure that they're uh, supporting my children so that you don't want their educational knowledge to drop in the summer. And then they're going back all prepared for the next grade. So I want to recap the first part. Prepare early. Making sure you read to your kids. Making sure you're buying the right educational uh, toys and books. And that you're investing your child to go to museums and the zoo and the aquarium. That you're doing your research and looking into programs like Head Start. That you're investing your time in your child by helping them do their homework. And that you're actively involved in their school. And that you're also, you know, looking at enrichment programs. And you're cooking nutritious meals. You're worried about nutrition. You're worrying about keeping your kid active. And you're looking at summer camps. So that's step one. Prepare early. The second part is research and apply. And you start to do this in the third grade. Your child is applying for middle school, which starts at the sixth grade. You're starting to do your research when they're in the third grade, three years ahead of when they're going to apply. You do that so you're not going to be procrastinating and you're not going to feel rushed that you need to do all that research all at once. You sign up for the middle school email list. You visit the schools and attend the middle school district fairs or whatever open house is happening. So what I did was I had a Google calendar I called it children activities. And I would put all of the open houses, uh, the middle school fairs, if there were uh, meetings in the school, I made sure I was aware of it and it just popped up in my phone. The second thing I did was I had a notebook. That is, that is critical because it keeps you organized. Well, if you're into the technology, the iPad or your cell phone, go for it. But for me, it's just something with writing down information that just helps me. It's just more easy for me to access. And I could, you know, if I want to draw charts, if I want to doodle, if I want to, you know, make certain things on the paper to help me remember, I prefer the notebook. And understand what the admissions rubrics is. You know, they are looking for the standardized testing uh, for grade four, E, L, A, and math. If you believe that tutoring is going to help your child, then start looking for a tutoring program. If you, and pay attention to the report cards 
And when you're sitting down with the teachers and they're talking about how your child did in school, that you're ready to not just sit there and listen, that you're actively participating in the conversation. Because sometimes those conversations can be condescending and you got to set the tone that you know exactly how your child is performing. If you see a grade that, you know, is questionable that you're arguing about it, you need to be assertive. You need to be actively listen and you, you got to ask questions because then is when you start to build a respect of the teacher and that's how you're going to get the recommendation letters. And attendance and punctuality. Make sure I know you're rushing to work or you're running to go somewhere, you know, because you have to. But make sure your kid is going to school every day and that they're punctual. And you're not dropping them off at 820. You're dropping them off at 750. And then you'll apply. That's the easy part. You'll know what those screen middle schools are. There's a list. I'll put that list on my website so it's easy access. Because guess what? It's not easy to access that list. You got to actively be looking to see how to get it. But I'll make it easy. I'll put it in my blog. You'll apply. And then you'll wait for a response. Now the response is simple. Either you got accepted or you're going to the second round in which you need to interview or you didn't get accepted. Let me speak about the last one first. You didn't get accepted. This is where, you know, you need to comfort your child. You need to motivate them. You can't come down on them as if you're disappointed. You, you understand that they gave it their best shot. You're, you're going to show them that you're there for them, that you love them, and that it's not the end of the world. And you're going to support them through middle school, and then you're going to start preparing for high school. The easy part is they got admitted. So then you're jumping up for joy. You're making sure that you take them out for dinner as a family and you're just going to have a party. Enjoy. Then there is uh, that middle ground. You got to go for an interview. I have some tips about that. You need to start doing mock interviews in your house. So you're telling them that you need to have eye contact when they're speaking to somebody. You need to teach them how to have a firm handshake, how to answer this question. How are you doing? And you're going to tell them the way they respond to that is, I am doing fine. That is the response that you want to that question. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Looking the person in their eyes and a firm handshake. You're going to make sure that they dress well on the day. So you're going to go buy them a nice outfit, a professional looking outfit, a suit or a shirt, a tie, 
They're not going to be wearing sneakers. They're going to be wearing shoes. That their clothes is ironed and look pristine and that they look like a million bucks. You're going to make sure that happens. But you're also going to make sure you look great as well. That you go there as if you're interviewing for a job. Because you don't know who's looking at you when you park your car, getting out your car, walking to the schools. You don't know who's looking at you when you enter the school, who's at the front welcoming you. You're being judged the minute you get into the vicinity of that school. So you're going to look good as the parent and your child is going to look good. And when you do the mock interview, you're going to tell them to just, you know, talk from their heart and to have intellectual curiosity and display good body language. You're going to tell them to talk from their heart, to have intellectual curiosity when they give their answers. To display good body language and posture. That they're not nervous. You want to make them feel as relaxed as possible. And here are the questions that could be asked of them. What is your favorite subject and why? Do you like writing? Do you like to tell stories? Are you creative? What about the school resonates with you? So that means you sat down at a computer and you did the research. You know how to present certain key facts about the school. Do you have a passion for something the school offers? Is it a robotics program? Is it a dance program? What about the school interests you? What would you contribute to the school? What are you bringing to the table? Do you like to study? Now that one is an easy one, but you'd be surprised how many people could be tripped up by that. What do you enjoy most about school? Why do you want to go to school here? What interests you about the curriculum? You say you, you should know what curriculum means. So you need to teach a child what curriculum means. And that just means uh, the, the courses offered at the school. So it may be a school specialized in STEM. So it may be more science and technology courses. So teaching them the word curriculum is something that you should do. How would our school help you achieve your dream? What are your hopes for middle school? What do you like best, least about working in groups? What do you like to do outside of school? What do you like to do in your free time? What is your favorite book? These are all the types of questions that can be asked at the school. The type of answers that you give 
the way you deliver the answers. It matters and it can separate you. If your academics, if your admissions profile is similar to a couple of students, the admissions interview is what is going to give you the upper hand in getting accepted to the school. So it's preparing for the mock interview, having a couple people do the interview. So it's not just you as a parent. It could be a mentor in the community. It could be a family member, just different people giving the interviews. So it gives a different look. So I spoke about the landscape of middle school admissions and I spoke about class segregation and how opportunities are are laid out in a designed way in which it benefits a, a few amount of people. I told you that you know the 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 process is not transparent. It's not easy to navigate. I gave you the tools to do the best to prepare to get into a middle school. And the reason I'm focusing on a middle school is that you want to prepare for all stages of academics and education. I will do a podcast on high school admissions. And what I'm trying to do is just connect all of these different parts, the middle school, the high school, and college. Every part matters. If we know what each part operates and if we know how each part is dependent on the previous part, how the entire spectrum from K all the way through to college gives you the best shot in life. Follow us on social media, UESNYS. Check out the website, UESNYS.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you for listening.